Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for Human Conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. Welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. Oh my goodness, I love my podcast so much. And today's guest is a really wonderful lady who I have been working with as well as got to know again through LinkedIn, all these fabulous LinkedIn connections. A beautiful lady called Sin Linden. She's the director of Linden Tree. So I'm already thinking and feeling just lovely about all of that. <laughs> fabulous welcome welcome thank you thank you for having me I'm so excited I'm excited too because obviously I know a bit about your story and so I really want to have a conversation about that so that the listeners can appreciate your fabulous journey and of course what you do in your business because it's it's a beautiful beautiful business so let's start at the beginning. <laughs> oh, the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never really know quite where that is. That's the thing, because I take people in different places. But I just want to tell the audience where you're from. Tell us where you're from. Right. So I'm from Norway originally. That's where I was born and that's where I grew up. Great. And where do you now live? So now I live in Sweden, which is, and I am actually also today Swedish. I do have Swedish citizenship, but yeah, so not a very, not a very sort of long distance, but it has been a long journey getting from that short distanced place. Exactly. So to speak. <laughs> how, how amazing uh, to start that conversation the way we did, because it's like, this is where you started. This is where you now are. Oh my goodness, what happened in between? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so much. Okay, and I've got to be, I've got to be really good and not talk to you for like ten hours about because it's such a great story. So, and the other thing I really want to point out because it, it always fascinates me and amazes me is how beautiful your English is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it really is stunning, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I have I did cheat a little bit because the thing that I actually because usually when I start talking about my journey. I start with Swaziland in Southern Africa, but actually I should start with New Zealand, which is where I lived as a child for six months. So I got some, some sneaky, cheeky English kind of early training there as well. <laughs> Amazing. And if you've got any background noise going on there, listeners, it's because I put my dishwasher on. Now, you know, <laughs> this, this podcast is real. I pride myself on the podcast being real. And so any gurgling noise in the background <laughs> is not my stomach. It's actually my dishwasher. So I apologize. Um, so look, let's start. Where did you grow up? Tell me the story. I want you to take me around the world because that's literally what you're going to do, Sim. Yes. Okay. So I grew up outside of Oslo. Um, so I grew up only about 20 minutes from Oslo, which is like the Norwegian capital. But I grew up in a very countryside place for being so close to the capital so I, I grew up uh, next to a huge lake and massive forests and I always had you know access to this vast 
nature and this vast forest land, you know, woodland uh, around us. And we had a big lot and there was, you know, all of my earliest memories are just of being outside and being in nature and with the trees and with the, you know, there's so many pictures of me doing weird stuff in the garden, like just collecting snails in this, you know, wheelbarrow and just, yeah. So it was just, it was a really, you know, it was quite a magical childhood. Um, and then my parents split up and that kind of put me on a bit of a move around Norway, but, and that is also the reason why my mom and I went to New Zealand for half a year. So I lived in New Zealand for half a year. And so I was 10 years old when I did that. And I think that the kind of, the most important part of that experience was that I got to experience what it's like being an immigrant who doesn't speak the language properly. Because that's something that I've thought a lot about, you know, coming back to Europe after my long travels to that sort of attitude towards language, which really interests me because it's so easy to associate kind of um, mispronunciations or wrong wording or, you know, poor sentence structure with kind of intelligence or stupidity um, when it's really just a matter of, of words, you know? So, so that was like a really cool, that's a good thing I think to have with you. I think it's interesting to be very aware of that because, you know, it highlights to me how much we assume about people for one. Yeah. A big part of my sales teaching is for us to never assume. And so it's a really interesting thing that you become aware of. And then suddenly I think it, what did it do for you, that awareness? Well, I mean, when I was there, it, it just really sucked because everyone... <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're an outsider, you don't speak the language properly, uh, you don't understand the culture fully, so you do all these things that to you are completely natural, that to everyone else is super weird. Um, you know, having the insight later in life, I think a lot of the places I've lived have kind of been challenging and difficult while I've been in them, and I think that's kind of the nature of life like when you're doing the work it's tough and then afterwards you come out of it and you have all this newfound I don't know perspective I guess mm -hmm. um yeah so we were we were in New Zealand and then we went back to Norway but the thing is on our way to New Zealand we traveled through America and on our way back from New Zealand we traveled through a bit of Asia so I kind of got a taste for travel and I guess different places and cultures and also this notion of actually having to live somewhere for a while to kind of get a grasp of it at all yeah so then when I was 17 uh which was my so in Norway kind of high school or upper secondary uh is three years and for my last two years I got a scholarship and I got accepted to go to an international boarding school in Swaziland which is in southern Africa this is, this is amazing isn't it I mean people will not expect that you were going to say Swaziland <laughs> maybe some other European country but not Swaziland yeah no it's uh, <laughs> and um and that was an experience I mean that was really cool because that's part of a um a kind of uh upper secondary movement called the United World Colleges and they have schools all over the place there's one in Wales there's one in um Canada there there's one in Norway actually but I didn't I obviously didn't want to be in Norway I wanted to go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and so in my year, we were 57 nationalities. Um, wow. So just kids the same age as you from all over the world, um, oh. which was an amazing experience and also a very tough experience because I was coming from, um, you know, a lot of independence, a lot of freedom, a lot of kind of trust from adults that I could take care of myself and I, I would do as I said and then going to a boarding school where you know the teachers come and lock the door to the dorm at you know 9 30 in the evening so it's, it's a big <laughs> I mean I want to I want to just stay with that for a minute how how did that make you feel and how did that affect who you were as a person do you think because you you talked about this beautiful start in life out in nature and this freedom and being outside and now we're here what are you 17 you said yeah and you're being locked in your dorm at half nine at night I mean come yep. on sin what, what <laughs> happens to someone when that you have um that? Maybe that's where a lot of my heavier authoritative issues manifest. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have never liked people telling me what to do if they can't give me a good reason for doing it. And, um, and this was very much, you know, an old school kind of um, style um, school, you know, so it was you listen to the teachers, the teachers were misters and missus, which is not the, the norm in Scandinavia. In, in Scandinavia, we call our teachers by their first name. And so it was just like this huge culture shock. It was just, I mean, and also it should be noted that the summer before I moved to Swaziland, I also actually went on a one month interrail trip by myself with a friend of mine um, throughout Europe, you know, so I was really, it was a really huge shift so what it did to me emotionally is I guess it was it was just really tough really hard I wanted to quit I wanted to give up many times um you know I went home so we had three terms a year and I went home between each because I was so homesick and um and uh, in the first year I was really like mom I don't want to I don't want to go back like this sucks this sucks and um you know uh determination and persistence is something that I I pride myself on now and it's something I'm very thankful that my mother has really you know instilled in me and um and so she said you know because this was the first year of the two-year program so she said well you have to finish the first year and then we can do a re-evaluation at Christmas if it's still awful you can come back home and do your final year because she didn't want me to kind of have to pick up on an on a new year you know and fall behind yeah. but I did it I finished and um and so then while I was there, I had a teacher called Mr. Pugh, who was a, a Zimbabwean man, uh, you know, English Zimbabwean, and he, or British Zimbabwean, and he ran a creative writing group um, at the end of, like, after school hours, and, um, and he is one of the first teachers to really bring that out in me as a passion and a pursuit in life um you know he told me you know because I would complain about class being boring he was like well write them write while you're in class um and uh and I'm so thankful to him uh because he just he made me he was the first person who really I mean besides my mom you know besides your parents he was the first person who really really told me that 
this is something you're good at and, and you can do this. Um, and I remember he told me on graduation day as well, he just came up to me and he said, these were his, these were his exact words. He said, Sin, keep writing because you're really good at it. And it was so powerful. And at this stage I had, I had then decided to apply for a double major in creative writing and professional writing in Perth in Western Australia. Oh my goodness, she's off again. She's <laughs> off again. I have to just, I want to, I want to just exchange a teacher story because it's interesting the influence our teachers have on us. Yes. It's really, it's really something. And I had some great teachers. I had some teachers, I'll always remember them, their name. And even I can see them in my mind, how they looked, you know. I'll have other teachers I can't actually quite remember, if I'm honest, although I am a lot older than you. And this one teacher was my English teacher. He was very strict. I've talked about him, I think, in some of my other podcasts. Very strict man. Threw the board rubber at you. Um, shouted at you and just glared and snarled at you was the best mm. way to describe him. Horrid man. Horrid, horrid man. And when I left school and I went to him, this man, I thought, completely hated and detested me. He said to me, and my, my maiden name was Holden back then, not White. And he said, so what are you doing then, Holden? Like this. And I, because I took my books back. I was only 16. And I said to him, I, I'm going to work in NatWest Bank, sir. And he said, wonderful. Job for life. Well done. Like this. And it was like the first time he had ever said, that I'd done anything good, you know. So whilst it's more extreme than your lovely teacher, it was that moment where I thought, oh, my goodness, I did something yeah. right for him, you know. But he was very memorable, and, and I was so scared of him. But my English and my writing, I have to thank him for being able to do it as well as I do it, you know. Yeah, and it's so amazing. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough. This is actually what I did in, in six months before I went to Swaziland, is I, I taught uh, primary school. Uh, just like Norwegian and English and it was I mean it's so amazing but it also gives you so much respect for how much impact it has on children yeah. because it is vast that impact uh, good and bad you know yeah 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 so we're on our way to Australia and let's, <laughs> let's carry on the journey we're so then I went to, to Australia, Australia. <laughs> And you can imagine having been locked up pretty much for two years at a boarding school. I'm now in Australia. I'm on my own. I'm a student. I have my own apartment. You're free. It was amazing. So, of course, the first thing I did was get a job as a bartender because, you know, what else would you do? Which is really, by the way, if anyone listening to this considers that, don't do it. It's really not great. So just don't because you don't sleep ever. And it's just no, it's just totally, totally antisocial, really low paid and just working so, bad. Hours. so prone to alcoholism. Just don't do it. I do not recommend it at all. Oh, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. And it gives a lot of experience. And um, yeah, and I mean, so I studied creative writing and professional writing, which is a double major, which was just so fortunate I'm so glad that I decided to take both majors because it gave me both sides of the balance so to speak of the scales um so you know on the one hand I had like editing and publishing and on the other I had uh writing poetry um etc yeah and I just flourished in university you know it was just amazing because I remember so many, you know, we would get our assignments and I would be like, this is an assignment? Like, this isn't even, this is 
fun. This is writing. I get to just, I get to just write for three years. This is incredible. And it was, it was so good. So while I'm like in the very end of my first year of university in Perth is when I meet my husband, my now husband. And he was also bartender. I met him across the bar, uh, super cliche or however you want to call that. But the thing that wasn't cliche is that he is Swedish. So he was also in Perth studying across the world. And we met each other on an evening where the bar he worked at wasn't normally open. He wasn't supposed to have a shift. I wasn't even planning on going to this concert that I had been, been invited to. I decided last minute and I got on the list and because I knew the one of the musicians who was playing, it was just like, it was crazy that we even met. And I'm so glad we did. Oh, it's like serendipity, isn't it? Yes, I love quite. that so much. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so the thing about Aris is he was one year above me in, in uni and Australian visas and immigration laws are really, really strict. So essentially what happened is he graduated and he couldn't get a visa so he had to leave the country and by this point we had gotten engaged we got engaged very quickly and um and we were kind of like okay so where are we gonna go and my husband is Swedish but his family is from Kurdistan in northern Iraq and so he owned an apartment there and I said to him well why don't we move there that's an apartment and uh, we can live there and uh, you know we, we can spend some more time with your family and I can finish my degree and I was able to talk the creative writing department into letting me finish my degree externally well I had three lovely professors who said to the head of department who had initially told me no way that we'll take her uh, so just let her go uh, and we'll have her finish her degree so then we moved to Kurdistan together <laughs> it's fabulous isn't it I mean I'm just thinking about all these wonderful cultures and experiences that are so different for it to each yes. other that you've you've had and there's nothing more to make you so resilient than all of these big stepping outside your comfort zone decisions that you made at, yeah. at a young age I mean I'm I'm in awe of this because I've always <laughs> been this home girl who stayed in the UK and never really traveled anywhere you know so it's it's amazing, really, to see the journey. And, yeah. and just to kind of talk again about this beautiful English you speak, you know, all of these moves presumably had a wonderful influence on keep on developing the English that you speak, yeah? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, in Swaziland, you know, the school, like the, the spoken language was, like the school language was English in Australia as well, obviously. You know, I did my degree in English. So essentially, since, you know, age 17, except for a two-year stint back in Norway, I have been primarily working and speaking in English. And it's also a conscious de decision I've made to, to use the English language above the Norwegian one, or the Swedish one, for that matter. Um, I don't, I can't do written Kurdish yet. I can speak Kurdish, but I can't write it. Um, I was just going to ask you how many languages you speak. <laughs> yeah so it's four uh four and three fluently and one kind of decent conversationally that's amazing <laughs> so you're in Kurdistan yes so we went there and um I would say probably except for Swaziland you know because I was happy in Kurdistan because I was with my you know husband and I was surrounded by family 
but the cultural difference was so immense. And I didn't learn to speak Kurdish in Kurdistan. I've learned to speak that since. So I was kind of isolated linguistically. I was isolated culturally. And eventually I just, you know, we were there for about 10 months. And then I said, I, I have to go back to something I know because I can't, you know, I couldn't make friends with the guys because that wasn't really culturally acceptable, but the girls were just, just, just so, so different, you know, just completely different in, in so many ways. And, and so we moved back to Norway after, so then I had spent five years, six years abroad and they were key years. So when I came back to Norway, I found myself in another culture shock uh, with my own culture, you know, because I wasn't Norwegian anymore. Uh, I had <laughs> picked up way too much in Swaziland, in Australia and Kurdistan. So I just wasn't, I just didn't fit anymore there. Um, there was just so many things that had changed and so many things that were different about me. And so we really tried to, to stay there for, you know, we stayed there for about a year and a half uh, before we both kind of realized that we were miserable there. We didn't like it. We didn't, you know, we just didn't fit. It just didn't fit. And, um, and that is when we sold everything we owned and we moved to Bangkok. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was expecting you to say Sweden, but there's another one in between. <laughs> There's actually two more in between. Two more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. Yeah, so so our Bangkok stint was very much a uh, a find ourselves stint, but it was pivotal to me because that is where I realized that I didn't fit into society's box, so to speak. I I was never going to be happy in a job. It wasn't the different jobs that were getting me depressed. It was being stuck in the job and in the framework and in the box you know okay. and so that is really where I where that thing that notion materialized for me where I have to build something of my own so this was in 2016 yeah and then kind of a similar thing you know my my husband had a similar epiphany so he he's always been very interested in middle eastern politics his father was a, a big politician in Kurdistan and so he applied for and got accepted into a master's program in international relations in Barcelona. Oh, great. And so then we moved to Barcelona. And um, that is where I did my sugar-free baking blog. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's so much to you. So oh, much. yes. All the layers. <laughs> so many things that you've done. <laughs> I have. I've been very fortunate in my life to... Um, yeah, to experience as much as I have. Um, and then the thing that happened in Barcelona is that, you know, I didn't make any money blogging. I was, I had lots of sponsors, but, you know, getting into the blogging game is, it's a long stretch. And I, I just stopped enjoying it after a while. And the more I stopped enjoying it, the more I worked on my, what I then referred to as my side hustle, which was, you know, translations and writing. And uh, in 2017, in summer of 2017, is when I set up my kind of limited company, which was the precursor to, to Linden Tree. Um, and then I got pregnant. 
Oh yeah, so you know, just something else in between. <laughs> you got a beautiful little girl, haven't you? Yes. And how yeah. old is she now? So she's two years and three months old Lovely. now. Amazing, amazing. And, so, you know, yeah. like me when I first started my when I had my first business, um, I Sam was three months old. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. I've kind of done a little bit of that, the same as you. Nothing yeah, absolutely. Else like you. Nothing else like you at all. <laughs> that bit I have yeah yeah so yeah and um that is when we moved to Sweden eventually so when I was about yeah four months pregnant you know we were like okay Norway isn't for us Sweden is kind of the next logical step when you're having children because of course you know my husband and I were very fortunate we have Scandinavian passports there is an amazing social security system in Scandinavia just incredible support schemes and childcare and everything. Great. And so, yeah, so we moved to Sweden and uh, last year we bought our house in the woods. Oh, it's just wonderful. I, you know, what, what a journey. And, and you're still young, you know, you really yeah. are still young. <laughs> You've done all of this. It's fabulous. Well, let, let's talk about your business because I want to make sure that we, we definitely cover that because Linden Tree is very special, isn't it? Yes, it is very special. And I think it's special for many reasons. Um, so, which has a lot to do with this journey of mine. Um, but what I do at Linden Tree is I, I help businesses that want to grow while making a difference. And I help them with their storytelling culture and their writing. So essentially I help businesses see the ways that they can use these incredible communication tools um, in just a completely new way for their communications and transform into these storytelling pros, you know, who, who create genuine connections with their audiences. And that's the key, isn't it? You know, yeah. you, you and I, uh, obviously, we've done some work together and you know that I'm all about that connection and yep. the messaging um, and, you know, we can all talk about messaging and communication, but how many people really understand the depths of how yeah. important and magical it can be, you know? And it's amazing. And I just, you know, this is becoming this thing that I'm saying where, you know, people binge Netflix, they don't binge webinars. <laughs> people binge books, but they don't binge business blogs. And I would like to change that. Nice. Yeah, I like the idea of that. I do. Yeah. I mean, I only did a webinar the other day this week, actually. So, <laughs> Oh, I did a webinar too, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's funny that, isn't it? Because uh, I was desperate for you to do something like a webinar because I just knew that would be so wonderful for you to do. Um, yeah. And I know you'll do more. But I think, you know, and your videos are fabulous as well. I mean, they really are because there's so much emotion and feeling in them. That, that's that connection piece that's, that's really great about you, I think, Sim. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how, so I'm a company, obviously, um, and, you know, I don't know you. And I mm -hmm. want to understand what you're going to help me with. You know, so how yes. do I buy from you? You know, there's the question. <laughs> Yes. And so like with you, Jules, you know, it's all, it all depends on the, on the person or the company, so to speak, but the core, I mean, the, the, the umbrella of it is that you, you learn to speak to your customer in a completely new way, but you also, it's kind of like lifting this veil and just seeing this hidden world of you know, magic that you don't see unless you practice it. Mm -hmm. um, 
the story, the, the webinar that I did this past Tuesday was on what I call story excavation, which is the what of storytelling. So figuring out where the stories are and what they are. And the conclusion is kind of, you know, a story is a meaningful experience. So as a business, if you want to connect with your customer and with your audience, you need to create a point of connectivity, first of all. You need to actually find some mutuality, which is, you know, a lot of the work we've done together, which is that empathy component to really understand and not assume, but really understand and learn. Mm -hmm. And then it is sharing the meaningful experiences. So the biggest um, change and the biggest challenge for a business is that this means being vulnerable. Yes. It means that you have to be honest and you also have to be truthful about who you're speaking to because you're not going to appeal to everyone when you're honest no no but that yeah, also makes the connection that much more meaningful exactly you know? and i mean i've always said you, you shouldn't or you, you know you shouldn't i've always said um don't try and sell to everyone because that's really actually not fulfilling it's much no. more fulfilling when you sell to the right people who have that exactly i don't know share values and just just understand each other exactly and i think one of the things that you're very good at is understanding and and finding the stories within people's businesses and then obviously you're able to if they so want you to to go even further with that aren't you soon exactly and honestly now you know since the work we did together i have these five kind of packages that i work with which are all actually based on an emotive journey so they're all based on taking you from a place of you know, negativity or despair or feeling lost or feeling hopeless to feeling empowered and aligned, you know? And, um, and it's such a privilege for me to hold that space. So like the, and the, the product that's becoming one of my favorites is this product that I call your brand story, which is where I, I do a one hour interview, you know, either if you're a solopreneur or you're a, you know, one person self-employed, whatever, I do an interview with you over an hour where I do story mapping and I do the fertile facts and I kind of piece together the voice and, and what you really want to say. And then I write a core narrative for your business. And so, you know, parts of that or the whole thing can go on your about us or our story page. But the difference is it'll be an actual story and it'll be something meaningful and true. Yeah. And, and the other kind of package that I just love is, is your storytelling roadmap, which is a cultural package. That's where we work together. We do five two-hour workshops, either one-on-one -on -one or in a team. And we just build the foundations of a storytelling culture that will just permeate and seep throughout your business, you know, both internally and externally. And the thing is, human beings live on stories. That's how we connect, that's how we engage. We tell stories every day to each other. That's what we do, that's the human experience, is stories. So as a business, you can tap into that and you can speak to your customers in that way. But then you have to learn how to find those stories and how to convey them and you have to get clear on your brand voice and and all of these things that are actually kind of tools from creative writing you know but yeah. they're applied to business communications yeah and of course you've got that amazing background all those fabulous qualifications you know you're so bright and so clever to to have all of that that then backs up this and mm -hmm. then 
this whole place of understanding about business and how that connects. You know, there's a lot about storytelling out there. People talk about storytelling a lot. I have connections. People have been on my podcast who are storytellers. And it's fascinating because they come at it from slightly different angles. But ultimately, a story is only ever as good as how well it connects to you, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And also in that connection is, you know, how it is crafted because this is the thing you know you're absolutely absolutely right storytelling is a buzzword at the moment everyone likes to say they're a storyteller which is fine as long as you appreciate that there is a difference between telling a story and crafting a story or telling a crafted story yeah. and there is a pretty big difference and there is a a <clears throat> just such a vast amount of structures and frameworks and tools that get lost when people read one book where one narrative structure has been used to a very popular one is the hero's journey by joseph campbell yes, yes which is you know a great narrative structure but it's just one of thousands thousands yeah and i i think when you can really let yourself go and have that real freedom with storytelling alongside somebody like you who can really guide and hone in on it you know because mm. that's the that's the skill of having yeah. someone like you sin you know we can all remember our stories and we can tell our stories but as you say that crafting but the freedom of crafting them you know I yeah. think I think isn't that lovely that you kind of create that environment for people to do that yeah and I just you know I did a, a brand story this week with just the most lovely lady and and, you know, I sent it off to her and she got back to me and she was like, it made me so emotional, you know, because because <laughs> it was good. Yeah, because it. it was it was good. And she was like, it was me, you yeah. know, and I just take it's it's quite a it's quite a personal thing. You know, it's quite a deep digging thing. And I, I really do take it as this really quite big privilege that you know, business owners or business teams are willing to let me kind of hold that space for them and where they can be vulnerable and they can be honest and then they can get that that real thing that's real authenticity out there you know mm, it's great I love what you do I really do and I think you know having chatted to you on this podcast you can sort of hear how your journey's been from when you're a little girl mm. right through to all those amazing diverse experiences to coming back to Sweden where you then settle with a baby of your own, you know, isn't it wonderful? And then, you know, doing something you totally love. It's just a really lovely journey to listen to, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, I'm really glad that I got to, to tell it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Thank nice. you for that. So and nice. uh, yeah, and I think that's also, you know, <clears throat> having been to all these places and having interacted with all these different cultures and people and, um, it's just brought that, I guess, empathy, because that's the thing I, I hear most from people I work with is that, you know, they say you're a great writer, you obviously know what you're doing, which is lovely. But what they say, and what really I hold dearly is they say that I'm empathetic, I actually understand them, or at least emotionally, I connect with them. Yeah. And you know, that's what storytelling and writing is about. It's about the emotional connection. And, you know, everyone knows that you know, from a sales perspective, trust drives sales. And I believe that stories drive trust. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's so good. And you are empathetic. 
but what you also bring from your story is this breadth mm. of experience of what the world really looks like not what we think it looks like but what it really looks like and then that gives your clients the freedom to kind of just go for it and, yes. and actually let themselves go when they're telling the story and I think yeah. that's very special so you know everything you are brings all that amazing stuff to your business it's, it's yeah amazing. it does and that's I'm really thankful for that and I really love that and it's like you say you know when we are given a space to just be creative we're such creative beings and why would we stifle that in in business you know we really shouldn't <laughs> no and I think we're starting to really open up yeah, to that yeah. especially with this year that we've had and I just hope it continues and we don't just go back into old habits really yeah me so too <laughs> if somebody wants to connect with you which you must listeners you you have to connect with this fabulous <laughs> lady um I insist um if you want to connect with you what what's the best place to do that we will put links in sin but where do you hang out I hang out on LinkedIn so that's the best place to connect with me uh you know on social media that's uh where you and I connected Jules so yeah. I, I hope this it has a very special place in my heart yeah. <laughs> um and 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 if not you can go to either lindentree.com or storytellersmagazine.com which is my editorial fantastic yeah and there's lots of exciting things that you've got in the future in terms of plans this is just going to continually evolve isn't it beautifully yeah yeah, yeah. i'm really excited so, <laughs> i am too i am too. so just to finish what's your kind of parting words for the listeners what would you say to them the one thing that you've learned on this amazing journey that you've been on what's the one thing you want to tell them i I want to tell them that there is just nothing more powerful or beautiful than your own story. And when you are brave enough to really embrace it in its whole, whether that's as a company or as a person and share it, just, it's just magic. So do it. Lovely. It's the best thing, isn't it? Ever. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sin, for joining me on the Human Conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely. Thank you, Jules. Thank it's you been so wonderful. much. And listeners, yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this amazing journey you've been on around the world with this fabulous young lady. Um, honestly, uh, I just, I'm in awe of her. I find her very inspiring. I hope you do too. She's a very gentle soul. And if you want to connect with anyone regarding storytelling, you have to connect with sin. I hope you've enjoyed the human conversation. Please like and subscribe to the platform where you listened. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and SoundCloud, all the S's. And you can watch our beautiful conversation on YouTube. Yay! Thanks again, <laughs> Sin. Bless your heart. Have a fabulous day, darling. Thank you, Jules. You too. Bye. Hey, listeners, I will see you again soon. Ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.